0: Rob Black and your money. Money AM
1: 1220, KDOW. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Joining me as he does every Wednesday at this time, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Briefing, great resource for individual as well as professional investors. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Um, You're an economist. Um, What's your background? How did you become an economist?
2: Uh, By accident. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Actually, yeah, quite. Uh, I was um, actually in engineering in college uh, for a while, and I didn't like it, and I needed a job, and I was looking around, and one of uh, the professors in the econ department was looking for a research assistant, so I figured... That would be something that I could do that was fairly easy, so I took the position and then actually really enjoyed the subject matter, so I just started studying it. Good
1: stuff. Um, big headline today is U.S. new home sales fall 14.5% in March. Is that a big number? Yes. Is it as bad as it looks?
2: It's a one-time number. Okay.
1: <laughs> say that again? I was going to say, is it as bad as it looks?
2: I, well, that, that's really the question. You know, a one-month drop, 15% or so, you know, it's scary. Um, and in an industry, in a sector that, uh, you know, affects, you know, the general population like homes, it makes it even more scary because people immediately think, uh-oh, you know, there's a problem in the housing sector. You know, the wealth that I've secured in my house, you know, or resecured in my house over the last couple of years is, is you know, may not be there anymore. But uh, the reality of the situation here is that you've had builders that are increasing the costs of their product, and you've had mortgage increases at the same time, and you have incomes that have stagnated. And all that entails is a uh, weaker affordability conditions, which puts downward pressure on sales, uh, which resulted in the, uh, the big collapse in March. So now we want to see, is it you know, a one-time event. You know, are, are home builders going to maybe lower prices to attract demand, or is this something that we're going to, you know, see at a stabilized level? And that's a concern.
1: So I'm taking a look at Briefing's professional page right now, and your forecast was for 430,000 new home sales. Actual came in at 384,000. The national consensus was higher than yours. How did the economists get it so wrong? Was it weather? Was it – is it going to be a blended – is it blended? You'll get it right over three months?
2: I mean, realistically, it's a hard number to just predict because it comes out of one data series. There's really no underlying fundamentals that you can get. And remember that new home sales, as opposed to existing, are based on contract signs and not necessarily the actual closing of the home. So you're actually predicting what sales are going to be, you know, in the next month or two as opposed to what sales are uh in March. So when we make predictions for housing numbers, we look at like the Mortgage Bankers Association's Purchasing Index, and that's not, you know, the best indice to use or best data set to use because it's measuring you know, applications, and just because you sign a contract doesn't necessarily mean that you already took out an application for the loan. Uh You could be taking out the loan, you know, the application later or when the house is expected to sell. The builder itself could give you, you know, some kind of um, credit check to see if, you know, they believe that you'll be able to obtain the loan in, you know, six months, let's say, when the when the house is finished. So, There's a lot of moving pieces in this one, and it's a a normal, slightly volatile index. It's difficult to to predict. In this case, I think what happened was you had a big downturn in the NAHB Home Builders Index. It was at 56 in January, which is a normally uh, pretty solid uh, number. It's an expansion in, in the home builder sector, and that suddenly dropped to 46 in February and remained it. Or and yeah, remained around that level in March and barely upticked in April. And I think people were discounting that survey, thinking, you know, builders are saying things are bad, but, you know, from what we know, things aren't as bad as the builders are seeing. And maybe, you know, they're just getting, you know, overly concerned with a slight taper in, you know, people coming to see their homes where, you know, it, it makes it much more difficult. So if you discount, really the only thing we have uh, to forecast, and then you see a survey, you know, another survey that's difficult to uh, to put together, it makes for a hard forecast.
1: It's interesting, because yesterday was existing home sales, and that was a 4.6 million number, and the new home sales, 384,000. Do you put weight in, is either more important than the other, because obviously existing homes that haven't been manufactured yet are a much bigger part of the market.
2: It's. It depends on what you're looking at. If you're okay. looking for future economic growth, looking at ex- existing home sales and how prices trend in that um, is a pretty good indicator for future consumption. Because gotcha. if you think of the house as a investment, and you think of it as a portion or a large portion, in many cases, of a household savings, uh, the increase in price and the liquidity uh, Aspect of selling a house, meaning how easy it is to sell, uh, is important for future growth. Now, if you're looking at current consumption, I'm sorry, current economic growth, current GDP, new home sales are, are more important because it tells you how builders are going to build, and investment in residential construction is a strong uh, component of economic growth, you know, normally, anyways, in a uh, economic recovery. So the fact that you would have new home sales improving, you would expect then builders to increase production of of structures, which would boost residential investment. In this case, in March, what we saw was this, with this decline in new home sales, inventory levels actually returned to a six-month supply, and that's relevant because it's a normally – uh during a normal market conditions, you typically have a six-month supply. So if builders believe that this 685000 is a trend and not necessarily a one-off fall, we would expect not to see a big increase in uh, construction over the next few months because builders don't need to increase construction for demand, which would tail off economic growth in the short term.
1: Excellent answer. I'm going to listen to it again, and I hope our audience does via podcast, because... I think that gives people insights into what this, these releases actually mean and the, the value they have on the economy and the stock markets. We've got about two to three minutes left. Taking a look at tomorrow's numbers, Dr. Jeff Rose, and anything stand out that you want to see come in line or a nice surprise that could give the market a little bit of juice?
2: Well, I, I'm, for economic purposes, I'm, I'm more interested in the durable goods numbers that come out tomorrow than the initial okay. claims. Uh, we've had a pretty big down drop in the initial claims over the last couple weeks. I think a lot of that has to do to seasonal problems with Easter. I wouldn't be surprised if the number jumps around a lot over the next two weeks before it kind of settles down in May. Uh, durable goods orders, you know, we've been seeing some improvements in the ISM numbers. We're seeing... Uh, Nice reports from Boeing, and you get a good one today uh, in terms of their quarterly earnings. So you know I think that's going to be a big indicator of overall durable goods growth, and I want to see how uh, investment and equipment stand out.
1: Thanks very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with briefing dot com. Briefing dot com provides live market analysis of u s and international equity markets. I find it to be independent, and I like that. When I get a flyer or an email from someone like, hey, Morgan Stanley's hosting this wine tasting event and he's going to talk about sustainable investing, I'm like, he's looking to get clients. Like, I see a rub there that makes it a lot less independent, especially when it's like a Morgan Stanley angle, because <clears throat> Morgan Stanley's a big company and they don't want to get sued. So if you work for like a Morgan Stanley, you kind of follow the Morgan Stanley way. And the Morgan Stanley way may be very different on how to treat wealth in California versus Iowa. Let's face it, a million dollars in Iowa makes you one of the richest people. A million dollars in the Bay Area eh, makes you middle class. Um, (laughs) Maybe even less in in some cities, if you know what I'm saying. So I like the independent angle of briefing for you. I'm not saying... uh, What I'm saying is check it out. Anyhow, taking a look at market numbers today, we're weaker. Now, we're not weak to the point that I'm going to really comment about it, other than to say... We've had seven up days in the S P 500. We are in earnings season. You don't want to see that sell-off in earnings season, unless there's a big run-up right before it. Then you're like, well, they didn't wildly beat expectations. We were looking to wildly beat expectations. There's so many different ways to interpret all this. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Robert Schiller, he wrote for the Washington Post yesterday. Uh, He offered up his opinion on housing. and He said, people remember home prices from long ago better than they remember other prices. Ask anybody, what did you pay for your home? They'll remember, even if it was 50 years ago, it'll be some ridiculous number like $30,000, and compare it to today's prices, and it makes a big impression. They forgot that there's been so much inflation in that period of time. That's a great way of putting it, because if you were to say 10 years ago you bought your house, what was it worth? You have a number. If you were to ask, what was the stock price at Google 10 years ago? You probably would fumble and hedge and haw and go, um, um. Uh. And you'd be kind of frustrated with it. Um, Same thing with Apple. Which do you want, the performance in your house in the last 10 years or the performance in Apple in the last 10 years? You probably want the Apple, but it's tough to remember that number, right? So in 2004, Google was trading at $50 a share. Now it's at $540 a share, just to give you a number. Anyhow, think big event coming up in Burlingame this weekend, 20 Steps Towards Financial Freedom, plus an event tied towards income and estate planning. You can sign up for either event in Burlingame at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Penco's former chief executive. I'm Rob Black. I'm going to do a long-distance dedication. Not going to do a long distance
0: dedication. But I could. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.